Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Man, I tell you, we want to welcome you out to the Junior Golf Podcast. My name is Ro Thompson, and I've got a special guest in the building. Before I introduce my special guest, I got to give her a shout out. Her and her family um, came from Oklahoma, right? We did, yeah. Yes. And before um, Ellen and her family uh, came to Columbia, South Carolina, we would have to go to Charlotte, North Carolina for all the U.S. kids events because we didn't have any U.S. kids uh, events here. But I got to tell you, um, Ellen, that was one of the most uh, fun times because what we would do is John and I, we would go up to Charlotte the day before the tournament and we would play a practice round and then we would play the uh, tournament the following the following day, which was typically on Sunday. So it was it was a it was it was a memorable time. Now, did he shoot the best scores? Mm, nah, but you know <laughs> he, he he got better over time. But I want to welcome Miss um, Ellen Dunn, uh, who's head of the U.S. Kids Columbia Aiken Augusta chapter um, here in Columbia. And I want to welcome you to the show, Ellen. How you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing great, and it is a pleasure to be here, and thank you so much for the opportunity. Hey, you are more than welcome, more than welcome. So before we get into the U.S. kids and all of that good stuff, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, it's kind of funny because I always say that I came into the the golf forum, if you will, as a, if you can't beat them, join them type of a situation. Uh, you know, my husband has played since he was little, um, recreationally. And then when our son started playing, it was one of those situations where I I just learned that, uh, to be around the family and for the family to be together, we were all in. And so even our daughter who, um, kind of plays recreationally as well has jumped on the bandwagon. Uh, you will find a lot of the U.S. kids golf professionals are golf professionals, if you will. They work in the industry. They may be coaches. They may be teachers. Um, my husband, Ted, and I, who who runs the tour with me, I like to say that we have civilian jobs. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I'm in public relations, and and Ted's in um, document storage and, and uh, data protection, things like that. But we got into this basically through our son, and we started as U.S. Kids Golf parents long before we were tour directors, and I think that has given us a unique perspective because we do see things from the parent side, but then we also see things from the organization side just because of our interactions with them. That's good. That's good. Now, do you play golf, Ellen? I like to say that I play just to, to be out there and have fun. Um, my grandparents played. In fact, they, once they raised my mom, they traveled for, for a good time to, you know, different destinations. And they even went to St. Andrews. And my grandmother could always say, as long as you're fun on the golf course, right. nobody cares how you play. And, and that's what I like to say about myself. I'm not good, but, but I hope to say that I'm a lot of fun. You know? <laughs> that's good. Well, give us the, give us the backstory, um, Ellen, about, you know, about, you know, what made you uh, and the family, Ted, what made y'all get into the game of, I mean, what made y'all get start the U.S. Kids chapter in Columbia? It's actually a very unique story, and I appreciate you asking, um, and it, it's kind of humorous as well, because uh, we knew we were moving back to the Columbia area. Ted and I are Gamecocks. Um, we met in Florence when okay. I was working in television there. Um, we met through our sports anchors, so I guess sports has always been a part of our lives, and so 
we've moved around with Ted's job a bunch. And when we were in Oklahoma City getting ready to come back to Columbia, we were researching where our son was going to be able to play junior golf and particularly U.S. kids golf because he was nine years old at the time. And so, like you said, it was either we went to Greenville or we went to Charlotte or we went to Savannah and we thought, okay, well, we're used to traveling from Oklahoma City to Tulsa and sometimes to Dallas for, for different events. So we figured, okay, well, that's, you know, what we'll do. And, and we happened to be at a local tour event in Houston mm-hmm. and the guy was a, a new local tour director and we were talking to him and he, he ran it with his family and he said, well, you know, Greg Hubbard, who's the director of local tours, was here. And if you're interested in starting a tour in your area, you should contact him. And so we did. And he said that they'd actually been wanting a tour in the Columbia, Aiken, Augusta area for quite some time. People had inquired about running it, but nobody wanted to do the legwork to get it started. So we were, I call it our um, last supper. We were having a nice dinner, just the two of us in, it's called the Devon Tower. It's a huge skyscraper in Oklahoma City. Ted had come back to Oklahoma to get myself and the kids and we said, okay, let's do it. And so we did. And so we came here and immediately started calling golf courses because that's really what you need. You need host courses to have the tournaments. And once we had those contracts signed, um, we were ready to go and, and the rest is history. And we've been doing it for five years now, which is hard to believe. And that's, you know, again, I got to thank you because that's, you know, because of you and Ted starting the Columbia chapter, we were able to participate in that and not have to drive to Charlotte, not have to get a room. So it just, it's been absolutely, you know, a great journey for us. And as well, as, as you probably know, when John first started, he, you know, scores wasn't that great, but over the years he's progressed and he's starting to play fairly decent. You know, we still got some work to do, but um, you know, we, 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 we want to thank you all for really starting the chapter here um, so we could play some local one day tournaments so we can, you know, try to work on getting better. And it's, and it works out great because most of the, the South Carolina junior golf tournaments are basically in the summer. Well, by you all having a tour, it allowed us to have tournaments in the spring and tournaments in the fall. So hats off to you. Thank you all so much for saying that. <laughs> well, that's and beautiful. that's a good point that you made because one of the things that I've learned from my husband, Ted, and like I said, I am not a player per se, but he would always say it's that repetitive tournament play. It's that consistent tournament play. And so by being able to make the tournaments accessible to the kids in the Columbia, Aiken, Augusta area, they have that opportunity to do that. Um, Like you said, you know, when it's far away, you have to factor in travel and, um, you know, if it's on a weekday, maybe the parents work. And so there are a lot of things that go into it. But one of the things I think that's so great about those U.S. kids local tour events Mm -hmm. is that it just gives them that consistent experience on the golf course in a tournament setting. And you're right, because I know I remember Ted was telling me, you know, he said, Ro, don't don't worry, John is going to be okay. And I kept saying, Dog, why does he feel like John's going to get better? I'm not seeing it. And so he kept, <laughs> he kept giving me that confidence that John's going to be okay. He's going to, 
progress and i was like okay if you say so ted i you know and it's and it's actually happened what he told me is actually happened and it and it's it's definitely got something to do with that consistent tournament play of competition getting better and just really driving them so so ellen who would you say what age groups would you say uh u.s kids are specifically for well, we start as young as five and we, our local tour goes as high as 18. And that's just happened within the last year. Um, I would say our target demographic is, you know, between the ages of, you know, um, five and 14. This new teen age group, 15 to 18, is fairly new. It's still catching on. Um, but I would say for people who are looking for that regular tournament experience, mm-hmm. it is a good fit because it's not as intimidating as some of the bigger events. Also, yeah. if you just want that consistent play, it's good for that. Um, but we are seeing our younger ages, uh, those age groups grow. And what I love about U.S. kids as far as how it works for the children is number one, they are teeing off from age-appropriate tee markers. So a six-year-old is not going to tee off from the same place that your son and my son tee off from. They're going to be much closer. Um, The other thing that U.S. Kids has is the caddy experience. And sometimes people think, okay, I don't know if this is good. Maybe it's not. For the little ones, it's excellent. Because they need somebody. They really do. But the best lesson that we can teach parents is that you are there to help, but you also have to let them drive the boat. You have to let them play. They're going to make mistakes, and that's okay. As long as you let them make those mistakes, they will learn from them. If we do everything for our kids, they won't learn from that experience. So the caddying experience kind of it gives a little bit, but they still have that freedom as long as we let them have it. That's awesome. I mean, we had one of the most memorable experiences at Oak Hills a couple of years ago. And the, the kids were a little older and the dad was just like giving like lessons on the course. And we were like, no, you know, let's, let's let them play. Let's let them grow a little bit. Like what you're talking about. Let's let them grow a little bit, you know? So um you're exactly right you know you got to let them grow and you got to let them spread their wings and make their own decisions you know you know throughout the round so that's awesome so talk us a little bit about the um membership you know what it costs to play because I love that I love the membership I love the cost talk to us a little bit about that yeah so um there's a season fee that you pay per season and that is a $40 season fee. Yes. Um, and one of the questions that we get asked a lot, and, and it's a very legitimate question, is if I pay a season fee to pay um, for the spring season in Columbia, and I happen to be visiting family in Atlanta, right. do I have to pay that spring season fee again? The answer to that is yes. Um, one of the reasons why they do that, and it's really to protect the players on your local tour, because here's the deal. And we can talk about the points and the the big events here in a few minutes, but these kids are trying to accumulate points, um, to qualify for bigger events. And they don't want people just randomly coming in to play an event and, and, and that's it. 
Now, if you want to do that and you're willing to play, pay that season fee, that's fine. But it just kind of keeps that in check. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, so that people aren't just going around to different tours and just playing and, and kind of, it, it just hurts that local, um, that local chapter a little bit. Now, granted, we've gone, my in-laws live in Atlanta and we've gone down there and we've played in one event and it's fine. Right. Um, it's just to cr- try and keep that in check a little bit. Yeah, um, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. And, and, it, and it's, it's one of those things as parents were like, oh, you know, but right. as tour directors, we get it and, and we get right. the mentality behind it. Yeah. Um, and then for the nine hole players um, for an event, it's $39. And for the 18 hole players, it is 49. Right. Um, and so that is for their greens fees. Um, that is for all of the work that happens on the back end, mm-hmm. which I have learned so much in doing this that I never realized as, yeah. as a parent, yeah. um, because it's one of those things where um, the software that we use mm-hmm. just to calculate the scores and publish the tee times, it costs a phenomenal amount on the corporate level. And so that is where a lot of the money goes. And you don't see that because you, you, you're like, okay, wait a minute. Um, but it goes to all that. And it, it goes to paying the golf courses. It goes to paying the corporate people. Um, it kind of goes into a lot of different pots, if you yeah. will. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because I, um, I run some amateur events in Columbia yeah. and we use Blue Golf. And Blue Call, you know, there's a fee associated with Blue Golf. So you have to add in those fees or you're going to be the one left to pay it. So you got to, you got yeah. to, you got to take care of that. So I uh, appreciate you for covering that. So who would you say uh, in your opinion, you know, why is us kids a good fit for juniors? Oh gosh. For a variety of reasons. Um, number one, I would say that I think it gives kids a chance to learn the game in a non intimidating environment. So six-year-olds are playing with six-year-olds right? and seven-year-olds are playing with seven-year-olds. And even when they get, the only time they play with different ages is as they get up a little bit older. So like the boys, 13, 14, they'll play together. The girls, 11, 12, that kind of a thing. But it just keeps them comfortable playing with kids who are like them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really good. And what I'd love is then these players who are, you know, gaining momentum and they're talented and and they're ready for that next level. Mm -hmm. Well, they get invites to regional championships, the world championship. Mm -hmm. Um, Right this weekend, they are about to kick off the um, Phoenix uh, tournament at the Wigwam in Phoenix, which we've been once. When we lived in Oklahoma, we went. And it's my favorite regional. Um, it is oh my goodness it's just the the venue is so awesome and phoenix is so beautiful and it's called the desert shootout okay and yeah and they'll play with kids from not only all over the country but kids from Mm. all over the world right so it gives them that opportunity that if they are at that next level they Mm -hmm. can make it but if they're still learning Mm -hmm. it's okay i always say I don't care. We have 10 stroke max on any hole. Right. 
If it's not in the cup in 10 strokes, that's fine. We pick it up, we keep going. All my new parents, I tell them, here's the deal. I don't care if you get a 10 on every hole, as long as you keep up with the pace of play. Right. The kids will get better. I have a young lady right now in, I believe she's 13 now. I always think what the age they were when they started with me, they're that age forever. So it's hard for me to age them, you know? Um, But she started with me and was shooting in the nineties. Sometimes it was a hundred. Now she's in the seventies. And she, she is, she's she's fun to watch. Right. Yeah. She's fun to watch. And in her confidence, we just had the Southeast cup at barefoot resort um, in Myrtle beach back in January. And she and her partner, my Uh goodness, I'm so proud. Like they won their age group and they were playing against girls from Pinehurst, Atlanta, Atlanta. um, Charlotte. I mean, these talented kids. And I, they came running in and they were like, Miss Dunn, Miss Dunn, Miss Dunn, we won, we won, we won. And that is why we do it. That's good. That's because good. they have just gotten better because they, they put the time in it and they learned it was okay to be shooting in the hundreds when they first started, but they kept doing it and their parents were committed. And now um, I'm going to be really interested to see where she goes yeah, that's gonna, um, yeah that's gonna be fun to watch yeah she's what, like no, what, in the eighth high, or ninth what's, grade what's her um what what high, what high, what middle school or high school she she at so she's from the augusta area so she's i'm not augusta. sure okay yeah okay i'll look um, out i'll look out for yeah for sure. uh but she's gonna be a lot of fun to watch and and yeah. we have a couple of them that are now on college scholarships that started with us five years ago when they were little beautiful so that's well, fun to watch too hopefully hopefully Ted and John can be one of those <laughs> examples as well. Now, there, so. there, there's one kid I want you to look out for. His, his dad just popped in for a minute. His name is Cam- yeah. Cameron Guyton. And, okay. Uh, Cameron's, I think, is about seven or eight now. And he Terrific. plays out of uh, Georgia. So you'll Got see it. him, you know, he's at the Georgia regionals, the states, world. Yeah. And he's a really good player. So watch out, watch out for Cameron Guyton. Put him on your I will. Your I will. Yeah. Well that is does he play on the Atlanta tour? Um he, it, yeah, I think so. Atlanta. Yeah. That is a very competitive tour. So um okay. to do well there is quite an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. So he's really good. So how how the course is set up for the uh for the players? So, like I said, they are set up based on um, their age. Gotcha. And I always do kind of a full disclaimer. I, I, I like to say Ted is the golf mind. I'm right. kind of the administrative mind. Mm-hmm. So he goes out the day before and he sets them up based on yardages that we have to oblige by based on U.S. kids. And if you go on uskidsgolf.com and you search that website, mm-hmm. those yardages for each age group are on there. Right. And I've we mark the course and and we have to be very specific because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. A child who is participating in Colombia mm-hmm. is competing against a child who is participating in Russia. Yeah. And so those yardages have to be the same because when they qualify for the world championship, it's only fair that the Columbia, South Carolina child played mm-hmm. the same yardages that the Russia child did. Correct. So that That's so we have to be very specific. Like that. That's right. Yeah. And, and Atlanta, um, I, I just want to tell you that Atlanta whipped our butt at the Southeastern. <laughs> Mr. John, I tell you what, he's a tough cookie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, so how do you determine the the pairings, the tea times? Yeah. You know, how do you how do how do you figure all of that out? Well, what we do is we use the software that I mentioned earlier um, that is, is so expensive. Luckily, it doesn't come out of my wallet, it comes out of U.S. Kids headquarters. Um, but we go in there and we actually have a grid okay. and it maps it, it, where the kids are and when they make the turn and the times based on the starting times that the courses give us. Right. Generally, most of the courses have us play in the afternoon with the exception of a couple of them. Um, Hounds Lake, for example, we always play in yeah. the morning. Right. But we grab it based on those times. And we always put the 18 holers out first because okay. obviously their rounds are longer. Every now and then we will, we will do um, what we call double T where we'll have kids go off of one and 10. If the okay. course will let us, we love to do it because okay. the, the round goes faster. Right. Um, but we'll have those kids going off of there and the, this grid will map it so the 18 holers will go off first we file the younger wins ones after that mm -hmm. um we just know from experience some age groups are a little slower than others right so we're kind of careful how we script that because one of the things that I, I i've learned over the years is that you have an entire field behind you mm -hmm. that you have to think about Right. And you don't want those players waiting forever. So we try very hard mm -hmm. to script the tee times to where it's going to flow. Right. And sometimes we have to go out on the course and we kind of have to speed everybody up. And that is not our favorite job. We keep <laughs> doing it. Right. We don't like right. being the bad guy. Right. But the, the phrase we use is that we have to think of the field. And so we have to keep it moving for the field behind. Because also sometimes we're fighting daylight. That's true. And we want those kids in that last group to be able to finish. Um, the kids will play in threesomes. Sometimes they'll be in a twosome based on just how many kids we have registered right. kind of a thing. Um, and the, the pairings for all of the events with the exception of the tour championship, which is the last event of the season, anybody can play in it. Right. All of those are done randomly. We okay. have a button that we hit in the software. It says random. And that's what we do. Gotcha. The theory behind it is that we want kids to learn to play with everyone. Correct. We want kids to meet each other. Uh, I remember when we were playing on another tour, and I'm not going to use any names, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, and, and I'll never forget it. Um, one of the parents, my son's name is Teddy, and one of the parents said, well, you know, we, we don't want to play with Teddy. We want to play with the leaders. <laughs> and... I mean, the mama bear in me had to sit back a little bit and just relax. Yeah. But you know as well as I do, Ro, that kids need to learn to play with all kinds of players. Yeah. Fast players, back. slow players, um, yeah. you know, loud players, quiet players, you name it. And they're yeah. going to be a better player because of it. So we right. want them to play with everybody. The last event, which is the tour championship, is based on points. Right. So the kids will accumulate a certain amount of points for every place they come in for every event they play in. And those points are tallied at the end of the season to determine the top five players in each age group for the season. That right. tour championship is worth double points. So sometimes age groups are decided by that tour championship. So we pair the kids with the kids who are close to them in points because they can kind of see where they stand. Right. Sometimes it comes down to that last hole. 
Um, and that's where it gets a little bit more competitive, but they're used to it by that point. So it all works out. Yeah, that's good because we, uh, we, 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 we keep, we keep a close eye on that, the, the, the leaderboard, the standings. And I think this past, uh, was it this past fall, I think John was leading by, you know, a good little bit of points and I don't think we needed to play. I don't think, I don't, I can't remember if we played the last tournament, but we noticed that we really needed to play the tour championship because he didn't have that big of a lead. So fortunately enough, he played it, uh, didn't play that great, but he still won the uh, tour championship the fall uh, season. So we were excited about that. And um, so you talked about the points. Um, so how the points apply, give us a, like a little structure of how the points sure. are applied. Sure. So per event, depending on the place that you come in, you will accumulate points. So for instance, first place in an event is worth 30 points. Correct. With the exception of the tour championship, then it's worth 60. Okay. Second place is worth 20. Uh, I mean, yeah, 20. And so it kind of goes down from there. Every event they play in, whether they accumulate 30 points or five points, they all add up. Right. And then at the tour championship, we calculate all of those points. Mm-hmm. And that will determine the player's placement for the season. And we award trophies to the top five. And the other thing that those points will determine if they are in those top five is U.S. Kids calls it their status. And their status is in different colors. And that's all on the website. Um, You know, for instance, uh, platinum is kids who've won the world championship. It's kind of like winning a green jacket at the Masters. You're invited back every year. Gotcha. Um, other status will determine when you get invites to different events. And so all of that is added in and, and that's what determines it. And it can get a, a little, um, a little uh, tight at the end, mm-hmm. you know, because people, that world championship is a phenomenal event and people, especially right. with us here in Columbia, we're so close. We're so yeah. blessed. It's right up the we're road at Pinehurst. Yeah. Um, and people want to make it. One of the things that I'm really proud of U.S. Kids Corporate for doing within the last couple of years is that not only does your status have to do with where you finish on your local level, right? but it also has to do with your lowest rounds. Gotcha. So you have to shoot a certain score, mm-hmm. two rounds of that score to qualify for a particular status. And here's why they did it. And it makes a ton of sense. We were talking about the Atlanta tour being so deep. I mean, they have 140 kids in event and a huge (laughs) wait list. And if you're playing in Atlanta, Georgia, and you are 11 years old, and you are playing against some of the best players in the country, you could shoot four under par and still not win your season. Meanwhile, you could have a player who is from, you know, South Dakota, where they don't play a whole lot of golf. The field is not that big. They're firing in the mid eighties. They won their season and they take your spot at the world championship. So that is why us kids did that. I think it's brilliant. I think it's helped to level the playing field. And the other thing is we want our kids to qualify for the world championship. We want them to go. and We want them to have a fantastic experience. 
but we also want them to go prepared to play. Right. Compete. And if they're yeah. not at that level, mm-hmm. they may be so intimidated that they may not ever want to do it again. Right. So let's get them there. They don't have to win it. They don't even have to come in the top half, but let's get them there where they can hang. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then I, they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think John is ranked like number nine. So he's, he's a little bit down in terms of getting invites. So just got to keep working. That's all. Yeah. Well, and I will tell you, as the um, event gets closer, they will open it up to different Correct. different status. Um, right. And I will tell you, this is just parent to parent. Mm-hmm. If you get the invite and you know you're going to go, confirm that you're going to go and book your place to stay right away. Right. Because yeah. holy Toledo. Now, for the teens, it's not as crowded. Right. But for the younger ones, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Pinehurst, you, you might, might be in Charlotte or something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, or in a tent out back somewhere. Right. <laughs> you better know? have a you, hey, you better have a winter, winter bagel or something. You exactly, know? exactly. So. so, 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 Ellen, how can our listeners uh, find you on social media? Yeah, um, on social media, we are on Facebook and we are on Instagram. We are at um, US Kids Golf Columbia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we post there pretty regularly. Uh, we, we try and keep up with it. I, yeah. I, I would like yeah. to say that um, I, I do work in media. And so I wish I did more because I know how much more you could be doing. Um, right. and, and every day is a new experience. Um, so, but we generally post reminders having to do with the upcoming tournaments, how yardages. to register, yeah. um, you know, different information about the yardages for the courses. Right. Also, if you Google U.S. Kids Golf Columbia, it's going to take you to a page on the U.S. Kids Golf website that has the contact information for um, our email for our local tour. Right. And it also has a telephone number, which goes to Ted. And we try and be really responsive and, and answer people's questions uh, if you have a lot of questions, generally what I like to do is, is have a phone conversation. It's just easier. Right. But if it's a simple, quick yes or no, or what's this or what's that type of thing, um, we can easily, you know, message back and forth or email, whatever's most convenient. That, that's kind of how we do it. Right. And that's we always awesome. send out information before the tournaments regarding um, when tea times are posted, when to get there, um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes... Sometimes, and this is another thing that it, it just all depends. Sometimes golf carts are available. Sometimes they're not. So we like to let the parents know ahead of time. Yeah. Whatever information we know, we try and, and broadcast to the best of our ability. There you go. Well, listen, you, you know, you've been, you've been great. And I think there's some, there's some people you like to thank while we're on the podcast, right? Oh, my gosh. Thank you so <laughs> much for the opportunity. You're welcome. I would like to thank all of the golf courses in the Columbia Aiken and Augusta area. And prior to getting on the podcast, I said to myself, Ellen, you can't say names because you will forget someone. (laughs) Um, These golf courses who host these kids are amazing. We could not do it without them. Um, They don't make a big profit off of us being there. And so just their willingness to let us be there and let the kids have the opportunity to play is such a gift. We can't grow the game without the next generation. 
And so these courses who are willing to help us know that this is their future. So while their profit may not come now from the juniors, it will come eventually and they get that. And our, as a family operation, we always like to say that all we need is the golf course. Um, we do everything. And I, I think one of my, my greatest <laughs> moments of pride is that when we leave, mm. um, I mean, I've taught my children, we pick up the trash, we put the chairs away. I mean, my dear sweet parents, they come and help us just because they enjoy it. My dad's 81 and he's picking up T markers at the end of the golf tournament, you know, and I really think that's what keeps them young. Um, And so we just, we want to leave those courses better than we found them. And we just want to thank the good Lord for them because we would not have a Columbia tour an Aiken tour and Augusta tour without them and the game of golf has grown tremendously since the pandemic and a lot of our colleagues across the country are having trouble getting on golf courses right well thank you thank you thank you courses in the midlands and in augusta because you get us on and god bless you thank you and that's and that's important ellen because most courses don't want you having tournaments on the weekend so Yes, that's the issue. And and because we have children, yes. you know, and oh, yeah. a lot of, you know, they're, they're, oh, sorry, that's Katie. And she's at all of our tournaments too. That's um, yeah. And so they, we can't do it on the weekdays. And right. so the fact that they're willing to let us do weekends is a gift. Yes, it is. So Ella, what we're going to do at this 